Welcome back to the Hillbilly and the Hipster at all. We didn't go anywhere, but this is a new episode of the Hillbilly and the Hipster. And I'm Chad McCool. And join with me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, we're recording a little earlier than we normally do. And it's really got me some, some morning zoo radio vibes. And I'm thinking, hey, we're back. It's Chandy in the morning. We got your <laughs> drive time traffic. And we're going to be talking a little... Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Will she be at the football game this Sunday? Yeah, I feel like I should have buttons that make noise. Wah, 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 wah. And Keith can come on as that weird. There's always the one character that that's the general manager. Every morning zoo had the, the general manager who would show up and say horrible things to them on the air. And that's how they oh, could absolutely. get away. That's how they got away with it, with saying things that wouldn't get them FCC fined. <laughs> So it's it's days like today that Dr. Wife's words ring through ring true because um we're we're fairly un, we're fairly unscripted all the time. Um yeah. but today more so than normal. And so I have a feeling that when this app drops and in a month when she actually listens to it, uh she's gonna be like, Man, y'all really need a producer. Y'all can't stay on topic. And this is it. That we're we don't need a producer. To which, to which I generally respond, you don't get the show. So remember when I moved away, we had a regular Zoom call so that we could see each other. I mean, we kind of communicate almost every day, but at least multiple times. At least, you know, if there's a day that goes by, I don't I don't think there's a day that goes by where there's not a text or something. But we had a regular Zoom call, and this is our Zoom call that identifies as a podcast. That's how that's a, that's a valid, that's valid. I like it. I'm here for it. So uh, yeah, man, it's uh so recording on a Friday morning. Um, I would like to say that my house is, is quiet and I'm going to do a lot of productive things today, but uh, today, much like every other day this week, my kids are home from school because, you know, we got, an inch of snow and the world ended. There's not bread, milk, or eggs to be found in Western Kentucky. Um, not only that, Dr. Wife's home because her, her school closed. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a full day in the nest, full day in the nest. Um, I'm hiding in my, my office right now to, to escape. <laughs> Uh, so, but I, I will say, Doctor Wife's pretty excited for the wives episode coming up. So, oh yeah, did we uh, did we tease that last time? Uh, yeah, I think oh, that's so. right I, because I, I that's right now I remember because I did ask you to submit your questions. If you had any questions for the wives, if you want to peek behind the curtain, um, you can hit us up on the social media accounts or you can email us hillhipsterpod at gmail dot com. Yeah, so she. Uh, and and the the funny part is, and I don't know if we said this or not. Uh, my wife may have a little more dirt on you than than your wife does, <laughs> or has she's, has she's the, known me longer. Yeah, she's <laughs> known you longer. Um, and if she doesn't have more dirt on you, she definitely has dirt on us together. She probably has more dirt on us together, and and you know, and and any dirt she has on me was basically the time she's pulled knives on me. So. <laughs> 
I need you to I need you to tell that story not today but like on the episode I want you to tell your side of the story and then I want her to tell her side of the I, story I think her sides of the story will match up I said a stupid comment in jest and she pulled a knife on me yeah she did and, and when I say thing, pulled she already had it in her hand yeah she was she was cutting up dinner um, and it was like one of those big chef knives you get in your knife set. Yeah. Um, and the and the funny thing is, like, there are people like, oh, she was joking. And there are people like, was she serious? The thing is, we'll never know. I, I took her as she was joking. I think the second time it happened, I think it could go either way. <laughs> See, that that's the thing. Like, you say, oh, yeah, I think she was joking. And me, I'm like, was she? <laughs> All I know is when if if it ends up in a Dateline episode, it needs to be a Keith Morrison before before he dies or retires because he's like eighty five years old. I need a I need a Keith Morrison Dateline in my life. Look, the way I run my mouth in my house, you <laughs> could happen. I'm just gonna be the interviewee. I'm like, I don't know. It was they were they were such a happy couple. I don't know who who could have killed them. I don't even think he's dead. I think he just ran away. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of wanting to run away, um, we're in full swing of election year now, right? Sweet, we're, sweet Moses. We are. Just, I I am a radio professional. Look at that segue. We Look are, at that. That was <laughs> that was beautiful. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Rewind that. And do it again. We are just post the uh, Iowa caucus. Um, and before the New Hampshire primary, um, I have some past experience at the New Hampshire primary. I have um, some past experience with the Iowa. Caucus. Right. That's why I talked to you being a former Iowan. Did you ever go to did you ever caucus? I caucused for John McCain in uh, 08. Oh, wait. Yep. I saw uh, Ron Paul do a cartwheel live and in person. Um, so full disclosure, I love the Paul family. Ron Paul, Rand Paul, if there's any others, I'm sure I love them. Um, but mostly those two. But when I tell you that listening to Ron Paul talk in a small community center in Iowa at a caucus, yeah, trying to get you to to move to his side and his section. Yeah. The man is nuts. Do you do you remember um oh man, he was a Democrat and he just started screaming? Howard it Dean. was the year. Howard yeah, Dean. Howard Dean. You like Ron? Ron? Ron Paul is the Howard Dean of the conservative parties. Except the scream killed Howard Dean, and and I yeah, seen... yeah. Well, and except that except that that Ron Paul has some some good ideas. Yeah. And I've um, seen Ron Paul live in that same election cycle. I saw. I went to a Ron Paul rally here that wasn't uh, a small venue because they they under anticipated how many people were going to show up. I mean, there there were oh, there yeah, was probably. Yeah. Eight nine thousand people in the room. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So I at that time was a, a registered Democrat um, because when I was eighteen and I had to pick a party, I talked to my granddad and I was like, "Papa, what do I do?" And I said, "Are we Republican or Democrat?" And he goes, "Oh, son, we're too poor to be Republicans." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, but we we're more conservative." And he goes, "But we're too poor to be Republicans." So we were Southern Democrats. Um, so I, you know, I was like, well, how do I caucus? Because I, I love John McCain. I, I, he is the greatest man to never be president. I feel like he he got hosed. Um, and that's a whole other episode that I could spend talking about 
um, Mr. McCain and the greatness that he was. Um, I had dinner with John McCain. That was exciting. Oh, wow. Um, he knew my name. That was even cooler. Um, I digress. But like, so they're like, oh, you can show up and, and register as a Republican. Right. Cause you could change your party to not yeah. the caucus, right? Independence. Yeah. And so, and that, yeah. So I did that. Um, and I, you know, I knew about Rand Paul. I liked him, but I just, I really liked McCain and, and what he stood for as a person. But man, when they anticipate smaller numbers and so they book a smaller venue. Right. Especially because that year, uh, especially where I was at in, in Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Blackhawk County, Iowa, um, there was a big snowstorm. And so they thought people, not as many people would come out. So similar to and, this year. Yeah. And when I tell you everybody and their brother was either at the Democratic caucus or the Republican caucus, like in the Democrats, they had enough room. But I remember like we were delayed with our voting because so many people were coming to change parties. Yeah. So they could caucus and then they were running out of room to put people. Like it was nuts. It's one of the coolest political experiences I've had. Well, that was a time for the Dems. They were still like Hillary was technically was was the the beginning front runner, you know, yeah, before then, Obama then, came. Then Obama skipped her, and so then they're like, "Oh, well, she'll just she'll just go next round," and then Trump skipped her. Um, so that was exciting. Yeah, I, I, I you, watched my the... my other. I have two other voting stories, and then we'll move on. Yeah. Um. So what you may or may not know about me is I'm extremely naive. Uh, I grew up in in small town Kentucky, like stupidity runs through my veins, essentially. And so the year that George W. Bush and John Kerry ran. Oh, four. Yeah, I was a uh, uh, I was in college. OK, uh, and it was the first my first election. And at the Halloween store, I bought a John Kerry mask and a. George Bush mask. And on election day, I had already voted. I voted early in my hometown because I couldn't vote at college. I wore a suit. I borrowed my grandfather's suit and I put it on and I would alternate just putting on whichever mask. And I'd walk around campus and be like, vote for me, vote for me. Well, I got too close to the polling station. Oh, you got electioneering. And then, and then by too close, I mean, my cousins were there and they were voting I walked into the polling station with them in a John Kerry mask. Oh, man. I didn't know that you couldn't campaign in a polling site. Yeah, the, so, there's a there's a, a, a border that you yeah, can't cross. As the, as the police came in, I was like, I wonder who they're getting. And they kept getting closer, and I was like, what are they getting? And then all of a sudden, they don't talk to me. They just grab me by the arm and start walking me. And yeah. so they get me outside and they're getting ready to put me in handcuffs. And I was like, what do you, what did I do wrong? And so then they're explaining to me and I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. I said in my back pocket folded up as a George Bush mask. I was getting ready to put it on too. I wasn't campaigning for one or the other. I was just being an idiot. Yeah. And luckily one of my professors were there like outside waiting to come in. And he vouched that you were an idiot. He did. My professor, she goes, she goes, officer, he, you know, he's in my social work 282 or whatever class, elementary education, whatever I was in at that point. He's in my class for this. Um, and he is an idiot. 
he probably didn't know. And they're like, he's from Ohio County. And they're like, oh, okay. Have a good day. Go home. So I went back to the, I didn't leave my dorm the rest of the night. So and then uh, our, our first year in, in Terre Haute, we still had the paper ballots where you like colored oh, in the punched scan out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it filled in. it in. Yeah. You, you filled it in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, we hadn't been in, well, we had been in Terre Haute for a few years. And I went to the grade school to vote. And, you know, I'm sitting right in the middle of two people. And old people take voting serious. Mm-hmm. I guess everybody should. But I I don't take life serious. <laughs> so I'm standing there and I look over and, you know, they've got the dividers up so you can't see. And I go, hey, what'd you get for number two? <laughs> Did and you know the at, person? No. Oh. No. And they said, what? And I go, what'd you get for number two, A, B, or C? I go, evidently, all of the above is not an appropriate answer. <laughs> and they moved me. They moved me to to a part of the gym where nobody else was at. Yeah. And said that if I spoke again, they would take my ballot away from me. Oh. Uh, so yeah, so, so going to the polls with you is exciting. Yeah, and it, not much has changed because Turner went with me. Um our first year here. Uh, so not this last election, but the, the last one. Um, and so we're going, and, uh, I was like, Hey Turner, I don't know any of it. Cause there, we were new to, to Davis County. Um, I was, I was voting for something in particular. Um, but like the jailer in Kentucky, we have jailers. The sheriff doesn't run the jail. We have, right. we have a jailer. Um, and so we we're voting for them. And at that time, I didn't know the ja- I like the jailer now. Good dude. But so I wrote in a buddy of mine that I worked with. I was like, ah, we'll just put Hicks in for jailer. And then there was somebody that was running unopposed for some cockamamie office. Yeah. So I wrote my cousin in for that. But then there was something that had somebody on each line. And I was like, Turner, who do you think should win? And so then <laughs> my my then nine-year-old's like, uh, vote for that one. And I was like, sold. Colored that bad boy in. <laughs> local elections, I don't pay as much attention, and I probably should. But well, I think the local elections are definitely where. I mean, that's that's the biggest ROI on your life, right? They have the biggest impact on your life, your day to day living, more so than yeah. But but top. some of the offices we vote for. Oh yeah, like stop it, dog catcher, coroner. Well, I tell you, when I lived in uh, when I lived in Terre Haute, the the small town that my family lives in is McHenry, um, and I got three votes for mayor of McHenry, and I didn't <laughs> live there. Carpetbagger. That's right. <laughs> like, I'm like, hey. So my goal, my goal in life is to eventually live in a small town and be the mayor. Small town mayor, and you're small running against mayor. the dog. Yes. <laughs> Cedar will be my uh, deputy mayor. Well, like the mayor of Terre Haute now is like 20 something. Like uh, Duke is out. Yeah, Duke Duke lost. And it was shocking. Like nobody thought. But he's a kid. Um, like he's he's like in his mid 20s, mid to late 20s. And you know what I thought the entire one well, as soon as I read that, that, that Duke lost. Um, and I got opinions on that for days. But as soon as I read who won in his age, I thought of uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. With uh, the the Ice Town, 
where the the kid ran from mayor and and he wanted to put the ice rink and just it was so I'm just waiting for for Terre Haute to become Pawnee now. <laughs> well, I mean it's already there. No raccoons but crows. <laughs> Not just you. <laughs> Man. Everybody hated the crows. I liked them. I'd feed them. Cuz they remember. So like somebody's messing with me and now these crows see it, they're going to dive bomb. So I'd go to McDonald's for lunch and get some fries and I'd see some crows and I'm like and I don't like McDonald's fries. Um, which I guess is blasphemous, but I don't I don't like them. So I just I throw them out to the crows. Oh, that's a, we could talk about good fries. We could talk about good fast food fries. But I, I I tell you this, your being from a small town doesn't make you naive because I grew up in the big city and I am equally naive at times. Like I'm just like, what? How's that real? Um, yeah, but that's a thing. In uh in '08, I I wrote in Ron Paul as my candidate between Obama and McCain. Did you? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just, I think McCain got hosed, man. For a myriad of reasons, but mainly to uh, dismantle the Fed. <laughs> but let's talk about Iowa for a minute. Uh, you know, we're, we're in, we're in this election cycle. It's going to be, it's going to be a heck of a year. And I got opinions that I think that, you know, what it looks like is that we're going to, I mean, we know for all intents and purposes, we know you know, it, I mean, the way just the polling is Trump is going to be the nominee. And I guess my my fear is. We're going to be so fatigued by summertime because once they once basically everybody else drops out and Trump is coming up with new nicknames for Joe every day and Biden's calling Trump a, a Hitler or a Nazi every day, like. At some point by like June or July, when the conventions will come around, we're just going to be so fatigued. Like, I don't know what the heck's going to happen. So I really think this is prime for a legitimate third party candidate to come in yeah. and just disrupt the whole apple cart. Yeah. And I I said the same thing in, in 2020 because those two, I was like, this is the best we got. We Nobody else can can jump in. But here's the thing, like. I don't know that I don't know that it's actually true. I don't know that a third party could do anything. But the difference than, between the other difference than between take votes away from one from, candidate right. and both candidates, and still we end up with Lucifer or his twin brother, Lucifer. But that's why I think yeah. if you had a legit third party, not some sideshow, but somebody who's legit, you know, maybe somebody who's a moderate, you know, you could have not a Ross Perot. We don't, we don't no, want a Ross Perot. But I think the difference between now and 2020 is they're going to be locked up like by March. So oh, yeah, when, have, when I go to vote in Kentucky, like my primary will not matter. Well, and, and I don't have a party, even though my state I can vote, they'll send me both parties' primary ballots. In Colorado, but because we everybody gets mailed ballots, and as a I have no party because in, in Colorado election fraud is real. It, it, I, I'm not gonna. I don't know if it's. It, it, they've definitely laid out a foundation for easy election fraud. That's for sure. Um, but let's go back to Iowa. So, so as I, I watched the Iowa um, results come in, and then uh, I think it was like. CBS's streaming thing, they did a lot of polling that they had that really was fascinating to me. And the one thing is, like, if you go back to 2016, um, you know, Ted Cruz won Iowa with about, if I remember right, something like 27 percent. Trump came in second because at that point, Trump was running sort of as a moderate 
where he was believed to be a moderate and he won about 24%. And then um, Marco Rubio got about 23 or 22%. And when you think about now, like Trump consolidated the party in Iowa because he basically got more than what he got with Cruz combined. So there isn't any kind of splintering. So he's definitely, and, and Iowa is sort of the anomaly, right? Because Iowa, I think when you use that political term evangelical for Iowans, um, they truly are, right? Iowa is oh, probably, yeah. Iowa is a pretty conservative state. There's there's some of those pockets, you know, where the colleges are, but there's no real mm -hmm. urban corridor in Iowa. Iowa is pretty conservative and and, uh, and they, they take, you know, a lot of those conservatives are Christians. Um, the fascinating thing to me is because we're led to believe by, like, if you look on social media, that if you're a Christian and you're conservative, you're a MAGA hat wearing Trump supporter. And he didn't get the evangelical vote, like the proclaimed evangelical voters, like most of the true Christian voters, like they voted for Cruz in 2016, DeSantis got the Christian oh, vote, yeah. uh, got a good portion of the Christian vote. And millennials, like, Ramaswamy was second when you took when you looked at millennials, like uh, almost like 20 percent of millennials voted for Ramaswamy. Of course, he is a millennial. And then and then I was surprising that Trump still won millennials. But just like Hillary had that issue in 2016, uh, women and we could predominantly say white women because it, Iowa, even when they polled it, Iowa is a predominantly white state. You know, mm -hmm. in the, and at least in the voting block that they had, Nikki Haley did not win women. Like majority Nikki, of women, Nikki Haley has turned off conservatives pretty, pretty well, quickly. And she also, like we talked about in Iowa, you could switch your party. If you could, you could be a a, a Democrat and go to the Republican caucus, or you could be unaffiliated and go to Republican caucus and and just change your your affiliation right then and there. That was the biggest chunk of her support came from Democrats who changed their, their position that day. Oh yeah. 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 You know, I know somebody that lives in Des Moines and he kept saying for the longest time, he had no idea what a Nikki Haley sign looked like because he never saw one in Des Moines. Well, shoot it, it You know, it, you would think with Kentucky being as conservative as it is, um, it's the same thing with Daniel Cameron. Like I, counted countless Andy Bashir signs and I yeah and here's the thing you'll never know how I vote because I don't always vote straight ticket I've voted yeah. for well and incumbents. I voted for Republicans but I didn't see I bet I could count it's it's double digits not triple digits yeah. double digits how many Daniel Cameron signs I saw in my area not just Davis County but you know I'm in Ohio County a lot I'm in right um, you know, some of the surrounding counties. I didn't see many, but I saw countless Andy Bashir signs. And I, I think in that event, right, I think when you're the incumbent, you've got the name recognition, you're probably just going to get more, you're going to have more by proxy. But in this case, with no incumbent running in the Republicans and sort of a split, right, because everything polled that she was pretty much neck and neck with DeSantis for second. Um, yeah, you didn't see one at all. He's like, I didn't, I didn't know what a Nikki Haley sign looked like until I watch the coverage or saw her campaign, you know, campaign speeches or whatever. But I thought that was that was pretty interesting that that, you know, what we're led to believe is that the quote unquote evangelicals are MAGA hat wearers. Um, they didn't turn out in Iowa for Trump. And the fact is that when you really break down and I, and I, I don't like using that term, I think that term doesn't 
designate a follower of Christ. I think it's a political block. I think these which, are people who self-proclaim uh, evangelical. Okay, yeah, yeah. And and when and they just polled like there was something about evangelical voters, and most of them have no church affiliation, and they're barely. They, I wouldn't consider them a follower of Christ. It's self-proclaimed. It's like my grandma was a Christian, so I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just politics has always divided. Yeah, but, but now not like you have not yeah now is is a little it's a lot different but i also am a little wary of christians who want to beat other christians down because instead of sitting back and watching everything be destroyed they say something and they have you know they have candidates that they endorse or they support um and it just it's really disheartening like you you gotta you can't do this you gotta focus on jesus i i think that i am focusing on jesus like i we, we're called to be stewards of what we have and so how can we be stewards if we just let it all burn to the ground well, and I think for a lot of folks, like talking about it, posting about it on social media, stuff like that, they think they're doing politics. And it's it's not at all. Like, if you're really concerned about these things, go out and do something. Yeah. And I think the same in, in the same way, when you're ragging on it, you're pushing this third way and you're pushing whatever it is that's being pushed. That is the and you've said it. It's the exact same thing. It's it's just another version of Christian nationalism, right? Because it, it's the it's. I mean, I'm not saying it as a joke sometimes, but if not a Christian nation, whose nation is it? Right? There is a there is a national religion. There's a national agenda. There's you you know there's always the 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 say that you can't um you know you can't legalize or legislate morality. We do legislate morality. It's whose morality? Yeah. You and know. I, you know, and I, I, I do believe nations cannot inherently be Christian because to be you know, the United States of America is not a person with a soul. It It is a collection of people with souls. Mm. Right. But the United States of America cannot have a relationship with Jesus. Oh, we might have a debate about this. But, but <laughs> I, as a, you as a, as a, uh, uh, not a member, not a resident. Citizen? Thank you. That's the word. I as a resident. Are you sure you're a citizen? citizen? I mean, I question my wife's citizenship. I mean, they let her sign her naturalization papers at four. I don't think that's legit, but <laughs> we can have a conversation about citizenship because um I I've made some people mad with, with my take on that. But I as as somebody who lives in the United States of America and I can have a relationship with Jesus, right? You, you can. The dirt outside that that makes up the United States, it it cannot. So, yeah. and and I think I, I I will say this, and we can have an episode where we debate this. I think just like the church is not the building; it's the people that make it. Right? Christ Church is in a, a slew of buildings across a land. It's 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 followers of Christ that make up the church. I believe that this country is made up it's not the land it's it's the people and it's those who shed their blood and came and took all that you know 
whatever, 300, 400 years ago now, you know, the first ones that came to Jamestown and came to Plymouth Rock, like they, they came, you know, risking life and limb and everything else to do this. So to me, I think the United States of America is the people. Yeah, and uh, you you may be right, but I also think that the people that are spewing this and that are you know are are have deconstructed from the pulpit and who are probably preaching politics from the pulpit more than not are also the ones that when push comes to shove they're not gonna they're not gonna follow through with anything they say they just mm. they want to be you know back to the old phrase you know they want to be keyboard warriors. Yeah. And I just think it's going to be, you know, it, I'm not looking forward to this year. Like it's going to be like, a, there was a time in my life I enjoyed politics, just like football. Like I'd watch it. I, I absorbed it. I, you know, I'd watch debates and all this stuff. And, you know, and I, I grew I'll still up watch a, a debate because they're entertaining, but I watch yeah. it. I watch it more for the entertainment value than anything else these days. You know, and I, I watched a couple of the Republican ones because for a brief moment in time, my old boss ran for president uh doug bergham the governor of north dakota so i watched it to just to see doug for some grins and giggles but you know i i grew up in a democratic house like an east coast democratic house where i became a republican and i haven't had a party affiliation since 2000 <laughs> so i and i haven't voted for a mainstream presidential candidate like either party candidate for quite a while since about 2000 or 2004. So I have, I have never voted straight ticket and I'm not always guaranteed to vote for the conservative because sometimes I just think they're not really conservative. Well, it's, it's hard to find there's pockets, but I, if you're going to talk about straight party, there's very little to distinguish between a Democrat and a Republican. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and the joke has long been candidates should be like NASCAR drivers and should have to have sponsors on yeah. their suits. Yeah. So you know exactly where they stand. Um, but yeah, th this year is going to be interesting for sure. Um, I almost said uh, something that would have been misconstrued. Um, you know, I, I, I think as I was going to say, you need to to pray and follow your heart, but God, don't follow your heart. Don't don't ever do that. Um, I, I I think as we move into this election cycle, um, don't 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 be praying for a candidate to win. Um, don't don't be praying for a party. Pray for a nation. And by praying for that nation, pray that they come to Christ. Right. I, um, I, I jokingly, like, I want a shirt and, you know, we saw them in 2020, like, oh, we're going to vote for Biden. We're going to vote for, for, for Trump. Oh, we're going to vote for Jesus to come back. And you saw all the signs, Jesus 2020. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think we're there again. Well, I mean, I think you should vote. I, I think as Christians, I think Christians should vote as Christians. I think you oh, should absolutely. find somebody right who aligns with your values, with your morals. And 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 I honestly think, you know, I go back to my my thinking of politics has definitely been heavily influenced a long time ago by Charles Spurgeon, where he said, when choosing the lesser two evils, you're still choosing evil. So right now, and I'll say this, I'll make a political statement. There is not a candidate 
that I will vote for right now running for president because I, I'm not I'm not willing to compromise on certain issues. And so now it's it's either I need a candidate who's all in or not. And I probably either will find a third party candidate or write in somebody like I did in 2020. Um, or I just won't vote for president. And did I'll just vote for me, my down ballot. Did you write me in in 2020? I, I did not write you in in 2020. In 2020, I, I actually voted for the libertarian candidate, even though I have issues with libertarians. Man, I was I, I got hopeful for a second that I finally got a vote for president for something. <laughs> but, you know, I, ultimately, no matter what happens in November, right, and no matter what happens in these campaign, the, the, the primaries and the rest of the caucuses and throughout this whole year, um, God is in control. God oh, is still sovereign. God is sovereign over all things. And know this, that if you are a believer in Christ, you know, it, it, we talk about this, it, it, when when God's people are, are, are sealed, after the seals are open in Revelation 6, and then God sends the angels to the four corners of the earth, and, and they're to hold off on any destruction till God's people are sealed so that they could be protected. If you are a believer in Christ, you are a follower of Christ, you will be sealed by God. And that doesn't mean you won't go through pain. You won't go through trials, but you will be protected from the trials of judgment or from the pains of judgment. Absolutely. And, and so I, I would say no matter uh, embracing a candidate, embracing a party, embrace Jesus, right? Don't even worry. Like just embrace Christ, follow Christ, be obedient to to what Christ calls in your life and, and be steadfast because um, no matter who wins, no matter what party wins, um neither of these candidates really have Christ first and foremost in their hearts because you could tell by the fruit. Yeah. There's, there's definitely no fruit. I mean, I'd argue, I don't know much about Ron DeSantis's faith life, except that he's a Roman Catholic. Um, I believe just by some of his policies, he's probably as far as Catholicism goes, he's a, he's a more obedient Roman Catholic than Joe Biden is. Well, that doesn't um, take a lot. As far as, as far as being a, a you know following Catholic doctrine, but I, I don't know much about about Ron DeSantis's life. Like, but I, I just you know when I look at the others who profess to be Christian, there's there's just not there's not fruit in some of those policies. Yeah, so and, and it's going to be a heck think, of a year, Andy. Sorry. Yeah, no, it it is, uh, and it's on the surface it could it could look scary if we're being honest. But I think the good part, at least, about being a Christian and election cycles and uh, being a Christian just in the times that we're living in, um, I've read the last the last book, the last chapter. Like, I know how it ends. It's, it's going to be okay. Like, spo spoiler alert, uh, Jesus wins. Amen. So while, yeah, like things are looking pretty bleak at the moment, uh, it, it's going to be okay because, because we know how it ends. Amen. So, so Andy, you know, what's not looking bleak that fine blacksmith merchandise at St. Galgano Armory. It is not. It's looking pretty good. Matter of fact, my, uh, my dad type person, uh, he was just there last weekend. Took a took a class, uh, and I think is gonna gonna be buying some of that fine blacksmith apparel 
and possibly a forge so that he too can start start forging. Is it going to be hot? I hate you. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> Let me tell everybody about the the fine folks at St. Galgano because if we were if we were to wear uniforms, right? If we were to wear uh dumpster fire uniforms whatever a dumpster fire person would wear a jumpsuit probably would fit um and we had to put our sponsors on it there'd be a big saint gagano armory uh patch be, on that be the only that is, patch be the only patch we'd it'd be the only it. patch i'm i'm still holding out hope that that little debbie or uh i don't know a Blue Bell. place Bluebell Blue Bell. One of them would uh, would hook us up, uh, and then we could talk about them too. But let me tell you a little bit about my my man Saint Gagano. Okay, Saint Gagano Armory is the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise. They use traditional techniques to create unique and stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of Saint Gagano himself. Each item is a work of art and crafted with care and attention to detail. Saint Gagano Armory believes. That quality and authenticity are paramount, and that's why they use the finest materials and take pride in their craftsmanship. These products are not only beautiful, but very, very functional. So whatever you might need, I bet St. Gargano Armory has you covered. A portion of all their sales goes back into the community. That's one of the, the better qualities about them. Not only are they just a great veteran-owned family organization, but they care about their community. Right, so why settle for generic mass-produced products when you can own something that's hand-forged and unique and will then help out your community? So visit them today. They are on all the major social social media. He just got a TikTok, folks. Um, you can visit his store at saintgaganoarmory.etsy.com. And if you check out their uh, the Instagram account, which is uh, at saint underscore galgano underscore armory, I mean, he talked about it on our last episode when oh, Keith was dibs. on of the dibs yeah, list. Yeah. So he's going to post pictures of a work in progress and all you need to do is comment dibs um, and you're on the list. And once that project is complete, um, he's going to go down the list in order. Um, there's no commitment, no, don't, no deposit. If you, if you finally, if you don't want it, you just let him know and he'll move on to the next person. But if you see something that he's doing in progress on his Instagram account, just call dibs and, and you can have that fine blacksmith merchandise and he's doing um, some flowers, some roses um, for Valentine's Day, and they look they look really good. We saw we saw a picture of them. Um, so don't forget to check out that Instagram at Saint underscore Galgano underscore Armory. The other socials um, they're at ain't at Saint Galgano Armory on the other the other social accounts on the Twitter X whatever it's called this week and the uh, TikTok. Oh, the ain't got me. Wasn't really for it. I will say that you brought up the roses, and I, I will, I might get in trouble for dropping this, but we, we have a little text chat between the three of us. And he was showing us pictures of these roses. Uh, and the corniest line, gentlemen, listen to me. Listen, listen to me, and listen to me well. You want to score some points on Valentine's Day? Get one of these flowers that he's making, one of these roses, and give it to him, and then use the line that he's going to use. <laughs> and that line is, I'll love you as long as this flower is real. 
or as long as this flower lives or something or until this flower dies because look it's made out of metal it ain't dying that's a love that will live on forever what did randy travis say forever and ever amen amen so andy i know you gotta go I know we got a couple minutes left, but let's uh let's finish up with really quick. I thought with this could be a topic down the line, but what's your favorite sports movie? I was talking to somebody about sports movies. What's your favorite sports movie? Man, there are so many that I love. Uh, obviously, because sports are my thing. Um, I, I think Field of Dreams is up there. The Sandlot, um, is up there. Um. I would I would say the Sandlot may be my favorite, um, but I'll tell you one that that is on TV all the time. That if it's on, whether it's just started or it's halfway through, I will always watch it, and that's the replacements with Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, just good movie. Um, I think the only reason I watch the replacements because Gene Hackman's in it, and I'm a sucker for a Gene Hackman movie. Yeah, yeah. I also um. For love of the game with Kevin Costner, generally any sports movie with Kevin Costner is good. There's um, a few. Um, and that that Cleveland game, Browns movie. You're down draft, for that Cleveland draft Browns draft day. Draft yeah. day. It's not bad. It's not bad. But uh, for love of the game, gentlemen, if you're wanting to watch a sports movie that you could hook your wives to watch, it's a very, uh, it's it's not a sports movie. I mean, it involves Kevin Costner playing for the Tigers. But it, you know, it's a it's a romantic movie, if you will. But it's good. I like it. But I would so, say that the Sandlot is probably probably one of my favorites. Um, underrated, and and again, I could go on forever with sports movies. Underrated, Angels in the Outfield. That's more geared towards kids, wasn't it? I'm 39 and would watch it right. But now. when you first watched it, you were like, you were a kid, right? Like, well, it's because that's when it came out. That's right? what it's target audience, though. Yeah. Because yeah. isn't a kid, isn't it a kid who runs the California Angels or something like that? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what my my favorite sports movie is, and we could go. My favorite sports movie is my favorite movie of all time, and it's Rocky. And Rocky just, you know. I mean, there's a reason Rocky won Best Picture um, because it's it's just a great drama about this broken down boxer. And the, the beautiful thing is Rocky doesn't have to be a sports movie. It's a metaphor for life. You know, Rocky's this broken down boxer who gets that one um, really unlikely chance to prove himself against. So, so before I make you mad, real quick, special guest. Uh, say hi, Mason. Hi. Hi, my, Mason. My, this is my youngest. This is Mayday. Um, I know you can't hear, but Chad says hi. Um, what is your favorite sport movie? Sandlot. The Sandlot. Good job. Uh, he's, he's trying to he's, score points. Put some clothes on, kid. It's a snow day. We don't have to wear clothes. Um, <laughs> oh, now Cedar won't leave the office. Um, I've never seen Rocky. Oh, uh, you need to see it. Well, you know what? I've Maybe seen, we'll watch it together. I saw. Um, I saw the Creed movies. Yeah, but I never saw Rocky. No, that Rocky. That might be, Rocky's like I think the last great film like of a of a really true like independent movie independent film era in America like made for a hundred grand they it was it was like destined to fail the studio 
just you know but shot in the streets first i do know the the iconic scene where he's running through the streets and the guy throws him an orange like that wasn't scripted right and when he runs up the stairs to you know at the philadelphia art museum which is the first shot ever on film with a steadicam because that's how they they do it while they're running up the stairs so you're not bouncing up and down up and down oh Um, nice but yeah well maybe we'll we'll watch rocky together and we can uh we can live we can we talk can, through it. We can live live tweet it. I can quote it pretty much word for word. So we can live tweet Andy. Is it gonna be like Star Wars where I'm gonna fall asleep 10 no, minutes in? No, no. This is this is a this is a much this is a, this is a good movie. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, Andy, it's been good. What's what's your last word before I give people how they can reach out to us? Just it's it's like I said a while ago, right? We can we can laugh about politics, we can take it serious, whatever. Uh, we can laugh about sports, we can take it serious because Lord knows I do. But regardless of who's in office, regardless of which team's on top, uh, Christ sits on the throne. Amen. Right? And we we know the end. Uh, we know who wins. So pray diligently for those who who don't know Christ. Uh, pray diligently for those who do know Christ that they will come closer. Um, and and if you don't know Christ and you have questions, like please reach out to us. You know, you can reach out to us on social media. You can reach out to us on email. Uh, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray for you. Uh, we do pray for you. Um, and and we'd love to to talk with you if if you need that. So that that's my that's my last word well i'll tell you this you want to reach out to us uh you can hit us up on twitter or instagram at hill hipster pod email us hill hipster pod at gmail.com uh, get us some questions some show topics but definitely some questions for when we do that wives episode in the next couple of weeks and andy i'll tell you this i googled uh what is the best sports movies of all time and according to rolling stone magazine it is hoop dreams I'm sorry, what? Hoop Dreams was a if I it was like the mid nineties was a documentary about like playground basketball where I followed mm-hmm. some kids playing playground basketball. That is the the I may look greatest that up sports movie. Rocky is number two, apparently, to Rolling Stone. So I tell you, if you want to watch a good sports documentary, um The Last Dance. Is Last Dance good. was good, but it's that's 10 hours. You got you gotta you've gotta have a commitment. <laughs> When you're looking at the Bulls of the '90s, I'm not a Bulls fan. I was not a Jordan fan. Yeah, no, it's great. Bulls of the '90s. Uh, there's some you gotta you gotta respect it, man. You gotta be committed for the last dance. But all right, I know you gotta go, and so we're gonna sign off and just uh, be blessed. And just remember, it's election year. But if not a Christian nation, as much to Andy chagrin, if not a Christian nation, whose nation is it? Let's go. Where's the record button to stop it? Thank you.